Good morning, Fellowship Church. How are you doing today? You only have four weeks to be called Fellowship Church. Excited about that? Four weeks, going to be Valley Point Church. Yes. Let's hear it. Aren't you excited about that? Okay, good. It's an honor for me to be here and to share some thoughts with you today. Eric is on vacation. Dirty rat. He'll be back next week, start a new series called Tithes. We're really excited about that. So um, he'll be back next week. Uh, Before we get started, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come and to worship you. And Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes. We pray... I need to pause here for a second. If you could look up for a second... How presumptuous of it, of me, is it to think that the God of the universe who created everything with 6.8 billion people in the world would actually be listening to my prayer right now? I mean, is it really going to matter if we pray or not? I know there are questions that I've had in my life, and I think they are questions that you probably have had in your life. Is it going to change the outcome of today, whether I pray or whether I don't pray? We need some advice on this matter, and we are in a series called James Advice for Life. And we're going to look into James for a few reasons. Number one, James is a very unique book. It's one of the first books that was written in the New Testament. And it's actually written in a style that is very similar to Proverbs in the Old Testament. And Proverbs, we know, is a book of wisdom. A lot of wisdom in Proverbs. And James is written the same way. A lot of wisdom. In James. We're going to study the book of James today and look for some advice in James, also because of the author. The person who wrote James is actually James. And James spent time with Jesus Christ. He spent at least three years physically with Jesus Christ. I recently heard um, this story about David Akers. David Akers is the previous kicker of the Philadelphia Eagles. Previous, they, they let him go this year. I'm not sure why, except maybe to save money is anything I can figure out. But anyway, David Akers was uh, looking for some advice. And so um, he went to some other NFL players, and they were all making money. And so they went to this one financial advisor. And this financial advisor, as it turned out, was uh, spearheading a Ponzi scheme. And so David Akers lost $3 million because of the advice that he got from this individual. You know, if we need some advice, we need to go to the person or an individual or an organization that we trust that has some experience, some firsthand experience in this matter. Someone we have confidence in. James is that person. 
he spent firsthand experience with Jesus Christ. I mean, just imagine if Jesus, if we had an opportunity to spend time with Jesus Christ. Just imagine if we said, hey, Jesus, come sit next to me. I got some questions for you. Just imagine if we were there and Jesus was in our presence physically and we could ask him questions. You know, could say, sit here, Jesus, I, I got a question for you. You know, you are the God of the universe. You've created everything. You know the past. You know the future. You even know what I'm thinking. You know what they're thinking out there. What are they thinking about me so far? That's probably what I would ask him. I would ask him, you know, I wanna, I'm thinking about buying some property. You think it's a good idea? You know, how's this economy going to go? How about some investment questions for Jesus? Just imagine if you can say, hey, Jesus, could you come sit next to me for a moment? Should I date that boy? I think he would tell me the right answer. Should I take tomorrow off from work? How much is my boss going to get upset with me? I mean, really, to be in the presence of Jesus, how much of a difference it would make in our lives if we could pull up a chair and he could sit next to us and we can ask him for some advice. You see, that's our big idea for today. Our big idea for today is this. God is present in our life. That is the big idea, and that's a big deal. If God is present in my life every day, and he's present every day in your life, how much of a difference is our life going to look like? And of course, the last reason that we're going to look at the book of James is because, to be honest with you, it's the book that Ben chose for this series, so that's what we're going to look at. So we're going to look at, right right away in James chapter 1, he gives us some advice about this subject of prayer. Okay, let's take a look at it. It says in James chapter 1, verse 5, if you need wisdom, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. There you go. There's the answer to our question. We need wisdom, we ask God. Maybe when I started off the service and I was praying, I should have said, God, give us wisdom. Give us some understanding. Give us some insight into you and how we should live this spiritual life. You know, we should have just asked him. He would have gave it to us. He says it right there. Pretty simple, right? We should do it every day, all the time. Of course, as you look down to verse 6, there's a requirement Of course, there had to be a catch, right? In verse 6, it says, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. A person with divided loyalty. Hmm. I love the beach. You guys love the beach? Love to get down to shore? I love the beach. Most of the time when I go to the beach, a lot of people say, man, the current, the waves are too rough. I'm not sure we should go to the beach. I'm just the opposite. 
I'm looking for the biggest waves. I'm looking for the most fun in the ocean. A couple of weeks ago, we were down in the ocean. It was all calm. I'm like, this is boring. I just have to sit here and read a book. What else you do? Build castles, right? I like the ride waves. I like the body surf. We were down in Panama this past winter and uh, with a missions team. We had an opportunity to have some rest and recreation, so we went to the beach. And the beach was completely, no one was there. Now, can you imagine around here nobody being at the beach? When if you've been down here the last few days, it is crazy down here. The boardwalks, the beaches are mobbed. Everybody's trying to get in their last-minute vacations. But down in Panama, there was no one on the beach. And we asked people why no one was there. And they said, the waves are too rough. So we got out there, and the waves were rough. Just ask Gavin later. The waves were rough. It was really bad. A lot of people was kind of nervous about it. But we were out there. We were having a ball. We were body surfing and riding these waves in. And uh, Dave Broyles, me and Dave Broyles got out there. And I said, Dave, let's ride this wave together, and we'll see who goes the farthest. So we start riding this wave, and we're coming in. And I look to my left. I look to my right. No Dave Broyles. I'm like, I'm smoking him. He's way back there. So we ride the wave. We come up. I come up about waist deep, and I'm looking for Dave. And I look up towards the beach, and there's Dave all the way up, way ahead of me. I'm like, that stinking guy, how did he beat me like that? Love to ride waves. Listen, but God says if your life It's like the waves of the sea, just up and down, up and down, like a roller coaster in your spiritual journey, just flopping with no direction. If your loyalty is divided, it's a little different whether or not your prayers are going to be answered. And that's what he says here in verse 7. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and God. And the world. Between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. Loyalty to God is personal. Personal. You've you've heard us say many times we have a personal relationship with God. And that's what that means. It is established, confirmed, and maintained in our lives by recognizing God's presence in our life. Your loyalty to God will be established, maintained, and confirmed by recognizing God's presence in your life. Last week, Ben shared with us in James. James started to look from the New Testament he started to look at some of his mentors from the Old Testament, people that have set the example. And Ben shared with us about Job and how Job went through some unbelievable trials and tribulations in his life. And yet through all those trials and tribulations, he still honored God. And I have to ask myself, how does he do that? How is that possible? And it becomes possible when we acknowledge his presence, when we practice his presence, then we get to experience his presence in our lives in ways that we can't explain. We can't explain. And today, James looks at another mentor in James chapter 5, and that is Elijah. 
And I like to read in Elijah, I mean, in, in James 5.16, he says this, Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and heal. Again, pretty simple. If I pray for you, you pray for me. We can live together whole and healed. Our relationships could be solid. We can be a group of people that can be united and do amazing things. If we confess our sins to each other, pray for each other, we can be whole and healed. That's what being transparent is all about, being open and honest with each other. That's a good, solid relationship. So if we do that, that's what happens. Pretty simple, pretty easy. And yet, as we look a little farther, there's a requirement. There's a catch. He says, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. The prayer of a person living right with God. What does living right with God mean? Living right with God means that I am acknowledging God. I am practicing his presence in my life. And ultimately, I'm experiencing his presence. I'm acknowledging, practicing, and experiencing his presence. Verse 17, he goes on. He says, Elijah, for instance, human, just like me and you. He was human, just like me and you. Because I know... When we started talking about Jesus sitting next to us, we were thinking, well, these guys are different. James did have an opportunity to be in Jesus' presence physically, but Elijah didn't. Elijah didn't. And Elijah was able to accomplish really much more than James did in his spiritual journey. But he was human just like us. And so he prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Now that is some power. That is some powerful prayer to be reckoned with. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came, and everything started growing again. A person's most powerful resource is God's present presence in their life. My most powerful resource is God's presence in my life. And your most powerful resource is God's presence in your life. We've got to recognize that. Then we've got to acknowledge that. Then we've got to practice that. Elijah was able to do amazing miracles. He was able to raise a son back to life again. He, was, he did battle with the priest of Baal and was able to demonstrate God's power over the priest of Baal. It was a showdown that was just, it, it, it's an exciting story to read. Elijah never even faced death. He was taken from this earth into a chariot up into heaven. Elijah was an amazing person. But it would do well for us not to concentrate on the miracles that Elijah performed, but the life that he lived and the relationship that he had with God. 
In 1 Kings 18, verse 15, Elijah says this, I swear by the Lord Almighty, in whose presence I stand, that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. Again, he acknowledged his presence, and he practiced his presence in his life, just like James. Well, God is present in our life. God is present in our life. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he is present in our life. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, it says this, Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. In Romans 5, 2, it says this, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We stand in the presence of God. It's an undeserved privilege. We don't deserve it. It's an opportunity that we have. That we have. In Colossians verse one, or chapter 1, 27, it says this, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This is the secret. Christ lives in you and Christ lives in me. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says this, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we, you and I, have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, but God's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given to us. God's presence is in our lives. God's presence is in our lives. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's an amazing truth that we must recognize. And once we recognize that truth, we need to practice it. We need to acknowledge his presence. We need to practice his presence and experience his presence. This is a powerful resource. The problem is we don't always acknowledge it. We don't always recognize it. God doesn't leave us. God's with us all the time. He promised, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But he gives us a will. He gives us the opportunity to decide if we want to acknowledge it. It says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, it says this, In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That means in every decision that you're making in life, pull up a chair next to you and say, Jesus, I have a question for you. I want to acknowledge you as I go through this. 
And acknowledging him is not just that he's a dear Abby and he, you ask him for advice when you're in trouble or you have a need. God's a jealous God. He's jealous of your loyalty. He's jealous of your time. He's jealous of mine. God wants to be present in our lives. He wants us to acknowledge it and him. He wants us to practice his presence in our life. Now, I know this talk is not a fun talk. For some of you sitting here today, if you have not decided to follow Jesus, you may be sitting here and thinking, this is a little too spiritual for me. But I think from time to time in our journey, we need to take a step back and we need to acknowledge the fact that God is present with us. And we need to practice his presence. What keeps us from doing that? Sometimes it's the noise in our life. It's the busyness of our lives. Sometimes our mixed up priorities, we just don't have time for God. We got too many other things to do. And we think that God's going to show up when we need something. He's like a dear Abby in our back pocket. We only go back there when we're in need of something. There's a story in, in 1 Kings about Elijah. And this story is, is one of those amazing stories about his life. He came to a place when he was very depressed and discouraged. And he felt very lonely. He felt as though he was the only person on earth who was actually acknowledging God. And so he went off into a cave depressed. And God said, Elijah, what are you doing in the cave? And so Elijah told him how he felt. And God said, Elijah, go up into the mountain and I'll meet you there. And so Elijah goes up into the mountaintop. At the top of the mountain, there's a strong wind like a hurricane. And God's not in the wind. Then there was an earthquake. And God was not in the earthquake. And then there was a big fire. And God was not in the fire. And then finally, there was a calm. And in the still, small voice, God showed up. In the quiet, in the silence. And I know for many of us, we are facing trials and tribulations. We feel like we're in storms. We feel like there's just things happening that we're losing control of in our lives. God wants to show up in your life. In the silence. In the silence. We will be chased to God by the trials and tribulations. We will be chased to God in the catastrophes of our life. But more often than not, God will speak to us and show up in the silence. In the silence. I want to do something a little bit different today. I would like for us as a group of people to practice God's presence. And maybe you're here today and you're just going through some emotional struggles. Maybe there's some decision in your life. Maybe there's some relationships that are just falling apart. We're going to take a moment and we're going to have complete silence in the room.
We're going to put some instructions on the screen. And I'd like for you to just read them. And concentrate and practice God's presence in your life. There's many ways that we could practice God's presence. There's many spiritual disciplines that we could do. But sometimes God just shows up in the silence. In the silence. Are we setting time aside in our lives for God to show up? Are you creating a quiet time in your life just on Sunday mornings? Once a week, once a day, once an hour, once a minute? How often are you practicing the presence of God? I would like everyone to be quiet in the room and we'll go through the next few minutes and practice and focus on God's presence. Father, we thank you for being present with us today. And Lord, this is a a difficult concept and truth. But Lord, you say over and over and over in your word that you are present with us. And that we stand in your presence. And that we can be bold and confident that we are in your presence. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us in this room would acknowledge you throughout the course of the day. That we would invite you to the chair next to us and talk to us. Lord, I pray that we would not only acknowledge you, but that we would practice your presence. Lord, help each and every one of us to set a time aside where we can be quiet and focus on you. Lord, we know you're a jealous God. You do not want our time to be divided, our loyalty to be divided. But God, you want us to be loyal to you. And Lord, that's so hard for me. And I know that a lot of times that's hard for each and every one of us in this room. Give us the strength through practicing your presence. May we be strong. And Father, I pray as we leave this room today that we would not sense or feel that we are walking out of your presence, but your presence goes with us. And I pray this in Jesus' name.